Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and the creators of the F3 formula. In today's episode, we're going to answer the question, how do I balance my family life with getting fit and healthy? So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. So we were saying before the uh, podcast started that just like, I don't, is this even true? Most gynecologists are men. <laughs> I'd say just some gynecologists are men, yet they do not have any female reproductive organs, yet they can still be an expert in that, you know, that, that field, <laughs> gynecology. That and just like yeah. that, we're answering the question today, how do I balance my family life with getting fit and healthy? You may say to me and Rob, you know, we do not have uh, kids. And neither of us married. So how can we be an expert in this topic? The reason we are is we have helped thousands of women in this situation. And we just see the same patterns coming up time and time and time and time again. And we've got pretty good at solving those problems. Yeah, 5,000 women. Well, that sounds, that sounds like some sort of uh, claim on Love Island. But um, no, we have helped over 5,000 women online and in person. So... Let's first of all, let's get into the problem. So Ben, what, what, um, what do you tend to find with the people we train and coach are the main reasons that they struggle to get fit and healthy? So we've had a lot of people asking us this question. Um, and the main things that come up are, first of all, that they're tired and exhausted all the time. So they are just constantly knackered, have no energy, don't have any energy or motivation to go to the gym, to do the workouts they need to do to, um, you know, do all the food preparation they feel they need to do. Um, second thing is they don't have enough time. So they feel like they don't have enough hours in the day. They're always running around after their kids. Um, they're always busy at work. They just don't have enough hours in the day to stay fit and healthy. The third thing is every time they try to put themselves first, so they might start a new fitness plan or something. They start doing new some workouts or whatever it is. Um, they start cooking different meals. They don't feel a large amount of guilt that comes along with that that stops them from continuing with those healthy habits. So they feel guilty because they feel like they're being a bad mom or a bad partner, or you know, they just feel like they're, they're doing something bad or doing something wrong, which then means they stop with the healthy habits. Um, the next problem people run into is they're not getting any help with anything else. So they feel like they need to do all of the things. They need to do all of the chores around the house. They need to do all of the childcare duties. They need to do all of the cooking. They need to do all of the taxi driver ferrying their kids around to different activities. Um, and the final thing is that they, they kind of want everything to be perfect. So they want the family life to be perfect. They also want to have a perfect career at the same time. They also think they need to be in a perfect routine with their fitness, with their nutrition in order to succeed. And then they start thinking, well, if I can't be perfect, then there's no point in, in, in trying at all. And this is something that, you know, I think happens a lot with women who want to be who are kind of striving to be a high achiever, to have a successful career, to have an amazing family, is that they have high standards for themselves, but then that can also become a person's downfall. Yeah, we get loads of people um, who struggle with perfectionism. We had a um, someone at Unstoppable, I think it was Katie, this last weekend, we had our fourth Unstoppable event, um, which is an in-person event we run. And she was saying, do you have a rubber? I've forgotten my rubber. There's, 
it's going to be a complete mess. I'm not going to have my notes all neat because I'm going to make mistakes and I don't have my rubber. Luckily, someone had a rubber, but myself and Ben didn't have a rubber because I think we've both kind of learned through the process of running a business and helping all these people. Perfectionism, we see it all the time. Perfectionism really doesn't serve people that well, does it? No, I, I, I think it's always see... best to do uh, to just get something done to a, to whatever standard you can and then worry about improving it or getting it to be as good as it needs to be later on. I think perfectionism yeah. a, lot, a lot of the time comes from not understanding kind of the result that's required because a lot of the time to get the result you want, you don't need to be perfect. But people think that I need they need to be perfect to get the result. So if they can't be perfect, they may as well not try and then they don't get the result. And that, yeah, not understanding the 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 most important thing. So this is actually one of our one of the points we want to make in terms of how to get over this, how to balance your family life with getting fit and healthy. Do you want to bring up your whiteboard? Let's talk about it. Is um is first of all, I'm going to switch the order so this is going to uh, confuse us a little bit, but you've got to get clear on your priorities. I think this is a really important thing because if you don't know what is a priority, if everything is level in terms of priorities, so the same priority for one thing as the next, so let's say that you have the same priority for exercise as you do for healthy eating, as you do for um, taking the kids to school, as you do for watching Netflix, as you do for watching social media on your phone, if everything is level, this is how I like to draw it, then if you don't have an order for priorities, then you never know which thing to do. So then inevitably you just do the things which you've always done. So if that's you've always done the housework in the evenings and that's the same priority as fitness, then you'll just default to doing the housework or the cooking for the family rather than your healthy cooking. Yeah, I, don't I know think what you, um, you find. when you have all of those, when you have everything as a high priority, the reality is if you are a person who wants to be successful in life, so it's kind of, it applies to like me and Rob, me and you, Rob, we're both quite driven. We both want to succeed in a lot of areas. We want to be in good shape. We want to have, we want, you want this business to do really, really well. We want great results for our clients. Um, we also want to have good relationships. We also want to go and do like, do, you know, succeed in different hobbies and pursuits and stuff that we have. So we have a lot of, a lot of things potentially on our plate. So as a person who wants to succeed, you will have a task list of like 200 tasks. That's just that's just the the reality of the situation. There are people who have very low standards of life. They don't really care. They don't want to be in good shape. They don't want to spend quality time with their family. They don't want to have an amazing career and they settle into, you know, kind of average average job that they don't really enjoy. Um, having the, their only family time is kind of, just, you know, slobbing out in front of the TV and never having any real like connection, never going out of the house on days out. And um, fitness wise, they don't really care. They just, they don't really have any standard for that at all. So you do have people who lower their standards that, to that level. But I think people like me and you, and probably if you're listening to this podcast, you, the reason you're listening to this podcast is because you want to live life to a higher standard. But the problem is that is you end up with this task list of say 200 tasks. And when you look at that and all of those tasks have the same priority, it can be completely unmanageable. It can, you can look at it and you'll be, you'll, it's just natural to get overwhelmed by that. But when you can prioritize it and you can say, there is out of 200 tasks, the number one priority is this one, number two priority is this one, number three priority is this one, then you can kind of say, okay, so what I need to focus on are tasks one, two, and three. Tasks four to 200, then go in another box where it's like, these are not actually something I need to deal with today. And then you have a much more manageable task list you can deal with that only has three tasks on it instead of 
200. Um, the problem people fall into, I'm going to draw this thing up now. This is a this is an idea, a business idea, which I think applies to life in this uh, case as well. So I can't remember how to draw this thing. You know the urgent and important time matrix thing? Yeah, so one line is urgent and urgency, right? One is importance. So, so you have you have activities that are urgent and important. Then you have activities that are urgent and not so, important. And then you have activities. It doesn't really matter. Just just draw them in one corner. So you have urgent, important, urgent, and then you have urgent and unimportant. And then you have activities have that urgent. are not urgent and important. And you have activities that are not urgent and unimportant. So if you're watching, so just so you guys have... know, whilst Ben's drawing this up, I'll just explain. We have a video version of the podcast. If you don't know about that, you can find that on our Facebook page or on our website. Um, but we'll explain this to you guys, um, what this looks like, even if you're just listening to the audio, so you can understand this concept as well. Right, so let's start adding into this thing, tasks into each category to give, to give people an idea of how this thing will work. So. We have four quadrants on the thing for anybody who's listening and not watching. There is number one, tasks which are not urgent and not important. Number two, tasks which are urgent but not important. Number three, tasks that are not urgent but they are important. And tasks number four is tasks that are urgent and are important. So, and before you the move place on, we the really biggest want to mistake a lot of people make is they, they put everything into urgent and important, right? like you were just describing yeah. before. They see everything as urgent or, or, and important. Either that or they kind of just don't have any priorities at all. So everything, regardless of what category it falls into, so not urgent, not important stuff, becomes as important as everything else. They don't yeah. really have any sense of priorities on it. They just do, you know, the first thing that they see right in front of them. But yeah, the um, so categories of different tasks that can fall into these different quadrants. Um, not urgent, not important is probably the worst place anybody could possibly spend any of their time, which are tasks that do not matter. They have no, they do don't improve your life in any way or any of all the lives of the people you care about, and they don't really need to be done. Nothing bad happens if you don't do them. So an example of this would be Instagram. As an example, yep. what other examples <laughs> would you say, Rob? Not urgent, not important. I mean Netflix, TV. Netflix slash TV. Um, um, one more, not urgent, not important. Probably browsing like internet news. So like looking at yeah, Daily yeah, Mail yeah. and things like that. Again, very tempting, but very unproductive. Does not achieve any of your goals. So if you don't do any of these things, nothing bad happens. You don't miss any deadlines. Nothing in your life goes wrong if you cut these things out. So the first thing this person can do is kind of stop spending so much time in the not important, not urgent quadrant. But the, the, the thing I would say is if you just decide I'm, I'm going to stop doing this, it's not very exciting. So what you've really got to figure out is what you're going to be doing instead on the places that you want to spend your time. So I'd say the second or another place where people spend their time, which is not going to really help, is the, the urgent but not important category. Urgent but not important is basically... Um, some it's, it's usually when somebody else tells you you need to get this thing done 
But the reality is, if you didn't do it, it's not really going to have that much of an effect on your life. So it's not that important for your life, but it's important for somebody else's life and they try and make it urgent for you. So urgent, but not important. What would you say, Rob? I'm going to say... This is tricky because it's, 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 this is probably the hardest category to come up with examples for, but it could be, for example, someone at work says to you, I need you to help out with this work. It's not, you're not being given it by your manager. It's not being officially signed over to you, but you take it on it anyway and you become one of those um, go-to people. So take Maybe an extra work um, I do know people who they're in a job and they get a set salary and they're just kind of expected to do overtime as part of the job. So they'll end up doing, you know, an hour or an hour and a half extra every day because somebody else has said, this is urgent, it must get done. However, the importance to your life may not be huge, but you've got to kind of weigh that up. There might be situations where, you know, you need to get the, do the extra overtime because you're, you're trying to get, you know, a promotion or whatever, but you've got to weigh that up against everything else in your life. So number the first one is kind of extra workload. Um, Another thing that's urgent but not important would be, I would say kind of doing doing someone a favor that you don't really care about the person. Yeah, definitely. So, or, going, or, or going to meet someone or going to drinks with someone or to coffee with someone you yeah. don't care about. So, uh, don't care about, I think is, is, is probably a bit extreme because I think at least men are probably better at talking about this, but a lot of a lot of people don't want to say they don't care about someone but someone who's not really enriching your life i'd say people who are people who are like non-friends so at uh our retreat rob i don't know if you remember i do remember one of the clients <laughs> who was at a trinity retreat which was we ran that a couple of months ago in spain it was lovely excellent beautiful weather um yeah. and one one lady was saying she was she was losing a lot of time um on on keeping a relationship going with a person who she didn't really like as a as a friend that person was just kind of negative they would you know every time she met with them your energy drain her and just complain about stuff and she didn't really enjoy spending time with her but she would because she felt bad for them or felt guilty for them so that other person says you know we really need to go out for drinks we need to do this they make it urgent they say you have to block out time in your schedule for it for it so you feel guilty you go along it doesn't add anything to your life and realistically if you didn't go on that go out to that meal or whatever it was with that friend that you don't really care about who's not really a great friend it's just a a person that wants to meet you, um, nothing would really happen. The only thing that really happens is you lose out on time to do things that you want. Yeah, and I, I have a tip for saying no to them as well. I sent it, sent it to Ben this morning. So in a book called Essentialism that I was listening to, it was actually a free excerpt in, a, in, a, in another podcast I listened to, but um, it was saying how to say no because basically a lot of the, we, we get this crazy... Um, I think it's crazy anyway. Belief. I think from films like, you know, Bruce Almighty. Is that the yes? No, not Bruce. I don't know why I'm saying Bruce Almighty. There's yes a Yes Man, Man film. Is that the one? Yeah. Yes <laughs> with, Man, yeah. With Jim Carrey in it. So we get this idea and it's glamorized in movies that like, oh yeah, say yes to every opportunity. And a few people say this and then that like, you know, you'll get everything you want in life. But the reality is most of the world's most successful people, the people that achieve everything, the people we look up to, they're actually experts at saying no. They're not experts at saying yes. They're actually experts at saying no to everything that won't get them what they want. So then they have the time and the energy to get what they want. And so you have to become good at saying no. And one good way to do this is to realize that saying yes is very easy because saying yes 
simply avoids any social awkwardness. That's why we all want to say yes. I don't like social awkwardness. Ben doesn't like it. Like most of people, unless you're like a a badass or a sociopath, you you do care about social awkwardness and you don't want to create it. So we think, oh, I'll just say yes because you know it's going to be socially awkward to say actually I don't really want to meet up with you. Um, but the I'll have you consider the opposite is if you say no, you will have a small dip in your social interaction with that person. It doesn't actually matter if you don't care about them. But even if you did care about them, there will be a small dip in that sort of, um, what's the word, popularity. So when you say yes for popularity, right? You say yes to avoid social awkwardness to get popularity. But if you say no, you actually get more respect. Like no one builds respect by saying yes to everything. You're just like everyone else, but you actually get respect by saying no. So think about this when it comes to saying yes or no to something. If I say no, actually, they will have more respect for me and do it in a respectful way. So the way that this book laid it out, one of the ways was to say, you know, and someone actually did this to me today about one of our clients coming on the podcast. She said, I don't know if she read, I think she might have read my post because she actually wrote it just how I suggested it and she did a very good job of it. She said, I'm really flattered that you requested me to do this. So in this example, it was a podcast um, and I was reading this and like, oh yeah, it actually avoided me getting offended or upset. Um, so you say, I'm really flattered for the, that you invited me. Um, actually at the moment I'm overcommitted or whatever your reason is, but if you just say overcommitted, no one can really question that. And then you say, um, so for now I just gonna, I'm afraid I must decline. So you don't put any like, you know, can I reschedule to say, I'm afraid for now I must decline. Then that ends it. And there's no social awkwardness really. It's just kind of put it to bed. So if you're ever thinking about that, I mean, the book essentialism will teach you lots more about how to say no, but it's a very powerful skill could do an entire podcast on it i'm sure so there you go that's how to say no to your non-friends that should deal with Might that well category just, yeah just say uh no thanks is the first version of it mm -hmm. do you want to come uh do you want to go to the cinemas later oh no thank you um but people like, get offended by that and they say why yeah. oh why not oh I'm, I'm busy on tuesday so i can't oh but what are you what are you busy doing and then then that's fine because then you are busy I like the overcommitted one because it doesn't really better, isn't it? offer it any explanation. Depends. I'm usually busy though in, the, in those times. But the other one can be literally... If you're going to be really honest, you might just... Oh, no, this is... Depends. <laughs> it depends how much you care about the person. If they're not really a friend, you can say, I, don't, I would never do this. Though. I could. I couldn't do it. I couldn't no, just that's, say... Let's not advise people to do stuff we wouldn't even do. <laughs> I couldn't do like, I just, I just don't like you and I don't want to meet you. That would be the real answer. But then that... That, that would mean that they'd stop asking you to be their friend. It'd be very awkward, mm. but it'd be very effective at the same time. I think I it's unnecessary, uh, though. I think you can go for a middle ground. To be able to do that. I think they get the hint. So, yeah, extra workloads, non-friends, basically anything that has been said, other people are going to try and make you think it urgent, but in reality... In reality it's not important for you getting what you want. It's not important for you improving your family life. It's not important for you um, having more time for yourself. It's not important for you losing weight, getting fitter and healthier. So therefore it's not important. Mm. So that's that category. What's the next category? Next one, um, urgent and important, which is uh, mm. things that matter to you and have to be done regardless and are important. Eating food. <laughs> it must be done every single day multiple times otherwise you'll die 
So you have to eat food. You have to go to work. That's also urgent and important. Yeah. Um, but it depends on what you put in here. I would put exercise in this category, personally. Yeah. Because if I don't do exercise, I become less healthy. If my health declines, my life becomes shorter and I die earlier. And I'd rather not do that. So exercise and keeping myself fit goes in the urgent and important category for me. But it's really going to depend on what your what your life entails. So for somebody with kids, it might be, you know, taking the kids to school, uh, making sure your kids have food and clothes and shelter and a roof over their head. All of those basic needs which must be taken care of. Otherwise, your life will kind of fall apart. Yeah, it could be putting the kids to bed, cooking them dinner because no one else is going to do it. There could be quite mm. a few family related things in there. But I would have people consider that you might be putting too much in this category or you might be putting things that in reality are not as important as you think. Like doing like doing absolutely everything. Like a lot of people do so much. Like they'll they'll go, I'm going to iron everything in the house. Like my mum used to oh. iron so much stuff. I'd see her ironing my boxer shorts. I'm like, mum, I don't need my boxer shorts ironed or my bed sheets. All my t-shirts, like I've not, since I've left home, I have not ironed a t-shirt, I've not ironed a bed shirt, I've not ironed my boxer shorts, I've not ironed my socks. <laughs> None of that needs to be done. And I'm sure there's a million other things you can think of as well that, that a lot of parents do thinking that it's essential for the kids, but in reality, it doesn't really improve your relationship with the kids and just saps your time. That's kind of like, um, that's kind of like putting things in the urgent and important category and really that urgent but there might even be not urgent and not important, like ironing yeah. the bed sheets, for example. Nobody dies if you don't iron the bed sheets, um, and it doesn't really need doing. And I, right I, I always like I like to think of the important, whether it's important or not important, is whether it's going to achieve a goal you want or not. Yeah, it's, it's all relative it's to achieve that. It's all relative to what you want, isn't it? If you if you don't know what you want as well, if you're unclear on what you want and what you need, your what your goals actually are everything then becomes urgent and important. You can't prioritize if you don't know what you, what's actually important to you. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think a lot of people say to me, and I'm sure you've had the same thing, Ben, like, oh, you seem to be so disciplined or how do you like, how do you just focus on these things and, and um, always do these things? I'm like, well, I know what's important. I know the goal I'm aiming for. And then I, I basically don't do or commit to stuff that's not gonna achieve me the goal generally. And then when I start finding I do, then I then I start trying to trying to say no to it. All right, I won't I won't jump ahead. So what's the next category? So uh, not urgent and important is an excellent category to find yourself in because they are things which get you what you want to achieve. So they are important, but they don't urgently need to be done. They don't necessarily need to be done ever. Nobody dies. Nothing bad really happens if you don't do them. So an example of not urgent or unimportant would be. Let me have a little thing. It's not in Persian, not not urgent and important, right? Yeah, yeah. Taking a day off. So it might be extremely important to keep your stress levels low, to keep you feeling happy, to keep you healthy, but it's kind of not urgent. It doesn't need to happen. There's no pressure in order to make that happen. Another thing might be, um, I need. To, I'm trying to think of things which are related to. Goals, well, eating healthy is not urgent short-term, is it? So healthy eating. No. But if you want to achieve a long-term goal, then you're going to have to eat healthy now to achieve that goal in three months or six months or a year's time. Yeah. 
But if you didn't do it today, you're probably not going to lose loads of weight or gain loads of weight. So not urgent and important. Um, even like planning a holiday. If you have it in your mind, your vision of the future is we will go on this amazing family holiday. It's going to be great. Um, it's not urgent that you plan a holiday. Nothing bad really happens if you don't plan a holiday. But if you make that important, if that's one of if that's important to achieve your goals, then um, then it's going to be a really good thing to be doing. So urgent, not urgent, but important are kind of the things which are going to get you those things that are that you want in like three months, six months, twelve months down the line. So if you want to be in amazing shape in three months. You need to start doing the not urgent but important tasks now. If you want to, to, you know, start doing a new hobby. So if I want to be, I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. If I want to compete in a competition three months from now, I need to start training. It's not, it's not urgent right now. If it was the week before the competition, then it'd be urgent. But if I want to do good, I'm gonna to have to start training months in advance for that thing, which is gonna be quite a long way away. Yeah, another good example of this is if you want to kind of reignite your relationship, and it's kind of kind of becoming a bit more of a housemate situation. Sex and intimacy is kind of going away a little bit or, or almost non-existent, then a lot of the tasks to do that will be in the not urgent but important category if, if that relationship is important to you. So it'll be things like spending quality time with each other one-on-one um, -on -one each week. So getting a babysitter and doing maybe a date night or a date lunch or something. Like quality time with someone is never urgent and this is why so many of us end up binning it off for work, for family, for whatever. But six months down the line, if you haven't spent quality time with the other half for that long and you've just watched TV in separate rooms or watched separate things or never spent any time together and that's all you get together, then your relationship's gonna start falling apart. And so many people are stuck, stuck in a rut. In the same way as they are with their, with their food and nutrition in their relationships as well, in my, my experience just from the same thing yeah no, you could they're, they're people who kind of they end up spending loads of time they're in the urgent not important section maybe they'll spend lunch going out with one of these non-friends because that person is pressuring them to have lunch like come on we need to go and have lunch we need to do this so you say yes to them even though you don't really care about them and by doing that you miss out on maybe let's say you and your, your partner isn't like i really want to spend quality time with you and go out for lunch so you don't go out and have that quality time with the person that you care the most about. You sacrifice that time and you spend that time with somebody you don't really care about at all. So it's all yeah, about where you're spending same, your time. Same, same kind of thing could be like work drinks. That's a big thing a lot of people get stuck into as well. Is like so many people I know are like, oh, I went to work drinks. You know, I felt like I had to. But they're like, oh, I don't actually like my team and their relationship's not going that well. And yet they've spent all this time again same kind of thing as non-friends really at work drinks spent money spent time there and their relationship hasn't had the time that it needs and they haven't done any exercise that they need to do so this is really really powerful if, we, if you take one thing away from this it's just where are you putting things in this grid if ever if you don't even have an idea of what 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 um priority each thing is then you're kind of fucked and you're kind of just going to be overwhelmed forever. This is the key to getting over overwhelmed, in my opinion, is just to understand what's important, what's not. And so then you can start spending your time on what's important, what's going to get you what you want, rather than spending your time randomly on different tasks. Ones that are just, I guess what you end up doing is just spending your tasks on the thing that's going wrong right now. 
and then you spend the, then you spend your next bit of time on what's going wrong right now unless it's an obligation like work it's like oh crap the laundry pile is absolutely huge now i'll do that oh the kids haven't got dinner i'll do that and you end up in this situation where you're just just in um firefighting mode constantly putting out fires that's never going to work Right, so for a person so, who's listening to this, I'd say the first thing you could do, which is one thing that we uh, we do do, is have a look at your current kind of schedule. So we call this the Freedom Finder. Which is literally, you spend time, you just write down all of the things you do. So you write down, you know, from uh, 3 p.m. till 4, 20 p.m. I am doing a pod, I was doing a podcast with Rob. Then I went and made lunch for half an hour. Then I watched Netflix for an hour. Then I did this. Then I did that. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And that will then tell you, if you then look at all of those activities you do, you then go back to these categories. Not urgent, not important, urgent, not important, urgent, important, not urgent, important. And then you categorize all of the things you do in a day. You'll kind of figure out where you're spending most of your time. If you find out that you're spending, you know, three hours a day doing not urgent, not important tasks, you can immediately free up that time. You can just say, okay, well, maybe it's a good idea that I cut down on just scrolling through Instagram or watching Netflix. And if I don't watch Netflix and Instagram for three hours a day, then I could probably fit a workout in there. I could probably do some, you know, do some meal prep, fit a workout in there, and then maybe I'd be fit and healthy. So it's all about, first of all, figuring out where are you spending your time? What are you actually doing? Are you living your life to please other people who you don't really care about? Are you already spending all of your time with people that you care about? Are you stuck in a difficult situation where you are constantly doing important and urgent tasks? And if so, do you need to kind of find some extra help to do that? Do you need to get somebody in to take the burden off you a little bit to maybe take care of a bit of the cleaning, a bit of the laundry, maybe somebody to help you with childcare, maybe you need to cut down on a few of the activities and commitments that you're, that you're currently doing. By finding out where you're spending time currently, you can find out what tweaks and adjustments you can make to fit this stuff in. Because if you don't fit this stuff in, if you do not fit in healthy eating, if you do not fit in exercise into your schedule, you'll continue to, to stay exactly where you are. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, there's no miracle solution. You can't get in shape if you can't make time for those things. So as Ben said, I think a lot of people are not in that situation, even if they like to think they are where they don't have time. Um, we were speaking to one of our one of our Trinity Tribe members at Unstoppable this past weekend, and she was saying how her default excuse is just being come. So she has three kids, she's a single mom. Her default excuse is just become, I don't have enough time. But she actually realized it's not really true. But it's just become, she's become so used to saying it that she's just started to believe it. And this is often the case. If you just tell yourself something enough, even if it's not true, you'll start to believe it and then you'll start to, to, to go along with it. So if you say you don't have enough time to ever eat healthy and exercise, then guess what? You're never gonna do it. And one very uh, interesting thing Time, the time related thing that um, we were talking about before this call is if you have an iPhone now, I'm sure they'll, they may have already had it on Android phones, in the settings menu on the latest version of the software, you can go to something called screen time and it tells you how much time you spend. So you just turn that on, it'll tell you how much time you spend on your phone in different areas. And I like to think of myself as someone who doesn't spend that long on my phone. Um, I'm quite good at turning it off, putting it on airplane mode, putting it in another room when I'm working. 
And still, it says on the last seven days, so this is it, that I've spent two hours, 13 minutes per day. Now, I think some of that is whilst I'm cooking, I'll put a podcast on or a video on, um, learn from something and put that on. But still, no excuses. That's, that's a lot of time. In two hours, that amount of time that it says I've spent, I could work out and cook healthy. And therefore, I've got enough time to get in shape. So, so many of us are just spending so much time on even just phones and that we think we have no time. And the reality is probably quite different. So if you've got that, turn that on. Yeah, mine was worse than this. Mine was like probably, I was, I was, I'd say a couple of weeks ago, I was really feeling like I was overwhelmed. I didn't have that much time. So I turned, I went to an event uh, in Newcastle uh, with a mentor of mine and he, he, uh, someone at the event told me about this new update to the phone, which has the screen time thing on here. I'm now on an average of two hours, 21 minutes a day. Uh, before, I think it was, it was at least four hours, probably four, four and a half hours. So just by adding that app to my phone, I've gained like two hours a week. Imme no, two hours a day immediately. So 14 hours a week. And bearing in mind it takes me, if I was gonna do four workouts, traveling, even traveling to and from the gym and doing kind of a, a 40 minute workout, it's, it's gonna take four hours of my time, pretty much. If I add in my showering time as well, maybe six hours, six hours. So out of those extra 14 hours I've saved, I've used less than half of them, would be all of my workouts and gym sessions combined that still leaves me an additional eight hours to do stuff during the week i can do loads of stuff with that i can do additional work i can spend time meditating and chilling out i can literally i can sit and um you know go on a date with my girlfriend i can take her out somewhere nice uh, that's just from freeing up time that i was on my phone because i think the problem with phones especially um, and all these devices you don't realize how much time you're spending on them because when you're when you're on them, you open up Instagram or something, you scroll through it for what you think is two minutes. Reality, it's like 25 minutes of just bullshit scrolling. And then you snap out of it at some point and you don't realize how much time you spent just doing nothing on your phone. I did the maths as well on your, uh, on your two hours saved. That's a month a year, 30.3 mm. 30, 30 days a year you're saving. <laughs> so much time. And it, even from last week, it's down another 16%. So I've, you can add different rules on there. So I've limited my time on certain apps. Um, so, you know, I decide how much, it tells you how much time you spend on that. So I might look at it and it says like, you're spending three hours a week on Instagram or whatever. And then I can just say, okay, I want to limit that to five minutes a day. So I then I cut that right down. I decide, I decide kind of how much time do I realistically want to spend of my life looking at this thing? And then you can set the limit for that and it cuts that right down. The crazy so. thing is so many people are scared to do stuff like this, just like to limit their time. I don't know what for. It's strange, so isn't just, it? There's like resistance just, to just doing it. Yeah, there's a lot of resistance to doing it. Just consider like, I just did the maths on what Ben has saved and you're probably wasting the same amount of time. So don't, don't be, think you're better than Ben or anyone else in how much time you're wasting your phone because it's very unlikely you're not. It's six years of your life. That's what the math is on how much Ben has saved just by installing that app. That's insane. Six years spent on a phone. That's loads. Saved. So you can spend six years of your life missing out on family, time, birthdays, grenading your relationships, ruining your body, or you could just invest it into getting the body you want. The and the reality is, if you invest that time into getting fitter and getting healthier, not only will you save those six years that you're not on your phone, you'll probably add five to 10 years to your life. 
by being healthy, by not dying of, you know, heart disease or any other kind of um, fitness. I can't even think of what I'm trying to say. Any other diseases which are Chronic related diseases. to not, not taking care of your body. Because when you don't take care of your body, when you put crap food in and you don't exercise, your body breaks down earlier and you end up dying sooner. That's just a fact of life. Yeah, so if you want to be... You want to be healthy in old age. If you want to be that person that is, you know, mentally and physically sound and able to see all of the all of the rest of your family members, your kids, maybe your your grandkids when you get to that age. If you want to see all of those people and spend time with those people and be there for those people, you need to take care of your body now, which is the kind of not urgent but important task, which means that you live a long and healthy life. Yeah, so, you've got to think about the cost of of not doing the things you know you should do because most of us know what we should do it's very simple we've talked about this before haven't we yeah to get in shape what you need to do it's easy you break eat, it down you eat good food <laughs> you eat healthy food you know everyone knows what it is you need to get more vegetables in you. you need to get some more nights healthy home cooked tasty healthy food in there and you need to exercise you need to keep yourself physically fit so that your heart works well so that your lungs work well so that your body functions well, so your metabolism stays nice and fast and you avoid getting diabetes and all these other diseases that you can get related to uh, you know, poor nutrition and no exercise. Yeah, it's not complicated, so you just need to exercise, eat well, don't eat too much, don't drink too much. So what is the cost of not doing it? Dying early, as Ben said, what else? What other costs are there, Ben? That people Dying need early? to think about missing out on time with your loved ones to be on that what short-term costs as well so like what i mean like what costs what costs is uh, what's the cost on their family life for example what could the cost be so you could be lacking in confidence completely lacking in confidence in yourself and the way you look which means that your mood is affected you feel low you don't feel like yourself um your family can kind of pick up on that you kind of you're in it you're grumpy and you're kind of in a negative mood constantly, you're causing tension and arguments with your family. Um, also, the fact is that when you have kids, if you have kids, I don't have kids yet, but kids look up to their parents like they're superheroes. So if the if you're setting an example to your kids that you don't need to exercise, you need to eat, uh, you eat, it's okay to eat loads of crap food. It's okay to slob out in front of the TV and uh, just watch Netflix and scroll through Instagram all day then your kids are going to watch that and they're going to take that as an example. And when they grow up, they're going to copy those same habits that, that you show to them. Even if you tell your kids, you know, you need to go and do all of these sports classes, you need to do this, eat your vegetables, don't eat all that bullshit, don't go to the, the sweet shop at school and buy loads of sweets from the tuck shop. If you're showing them the opposite, they're going to go by what you do, not by what you say. So you can affect the way that your kids act by the way that you act, you can affect your relationships. You can affect, people can feel, you know, they can really lack confidence in social situations. They can feel awkward presenting in front of people at work. So they give up opportunities there. They can feel awkward going to social events. They can feel kind of self-conscious in the clothes they wear. They can avoid wearing certain clothes. They can stop enjoying going on holidays and going on the beach and swimwear. They can stop enjoying going out on shopping trips with their friends because they don't feel confident in anything they try on. So you can really give up a lot of the things a lot of enjoyment of your life, a lot of the enjoyment, a lot of the happiness in your life, if you don't take the time to look after yourself, it, has a, it can have a cascading effect on all of the other areas of your life, not just 
your health and fitness. So you really need to get clear on the the fact that you can really improve the quality of your life and the way you feel and your happiness by making a few changes to your schedule. That's ultimately what it comes down to. It ultimately just comes down to that. So if I look at my calendar, for example, um, I can see in my calendar, I have at 6.30 p.m., 6.15 p.m. until 7.30, I have um, go and do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. As well as that, I've got dinner in there, I've got the work I've got to do today, I've got spending time with my girlfriend. Everything I put into my calendar is something that's important that I want to get done. So if you look at your fitness and you look at your workouts and you just say to yourself, you know, I'm going to fit that in. I'm going to fit that thing in when I get time. When I have time, then I'll go to the gym. When I have a spare couple of hours, I'll go to the gym. When I have a spare couple of hours later in the week, then I'll make some healthy food, whatever it is. If you start saying, you know, I'll fit this thing in, it's really another way of saying, I don't care about doing this enough to actually schedule it into my calendar and and commit to doing it. So like we were saying before, people have this kind of resistance around scheduling the things they need to do or like deciding like at this time I'm going to do this thing. It's strange that you have, that people have this resistance. I kind of, I feel like people think so many steps in advance, they start thinking, I don't want to put this workout in because when I get to the workout, I'll probably feel a bit tired. I probably won't feel like doing it. Then I'll skip it. Then I'll feel bad because I skipped it. And they start thinking about step like eight in the in the thing of all the things that could possibly go wrong rather than thinking i want to get the bot this body i want to be fit and healthy i want to set a good example for my family therefore i need to do this workout i must do this workout it has to happen so i'm going to schedule it in and i'm just going to do it and that's all it comes down to it's just scheduling the things you need to do and then going ahead and doing them it doesn't take up that much time you can save yourself loads of time by spent by prioritizing and not spend not wasting time on things that don't matter and you can likely find the time to fit all of this stuff in. But I think people don't like to look at where they're spending their time and kind of track all of these things because they're, it takes away their excuse for not doing it. If you suddenly find that, oh, I am spending six hours a day on social media and I probably could cut that out, then do you suddenly have no excuse other than you're lazy for not doing the, the workouts? Whereas if, you, if, you're in, if you're stuck in the belief where it's, I don't have time, I'm too busy, then you can always tell everyone when that when someone asks you, oh, why are you uh, really overweight and you're not in shape? You can always say, oh, well, I just don't have time. I'm too busy. I can't do it. I'm, I'm too busy. I've got to look after my kids. I've got a busy family life and a busy career. As long as, long as you cling to all of those things, you're never going to be able to get that. Yeah, trying to look good for everyone else or present yourself. We all want to present ourselves in the most positive light. But the problem with all this positive thinking stuff is, as Ben said, it doesn't... It, you can mask the reality. You can put a load of whipped cream on a turd, but it's still a turd. So if you're spending all your time doing rubbish, the I don't have time excuse is never going to cut it. Like ultimately, whatever excuse you have, if you just keep making that excuse, you're never going to get any results. I don't know what to do. Um, I have too much on. I don't have enough time. My work's too stressful. Like your body doesn't give a shit. 20, 30, well, when you're 55, 60, if you've treated it like shit, you're going to drop dead. You're going to miss out on all the family time. Also, if you let yourself go completely and you have zero confidence, again, and you start not taking opportunities at work, no one's going to give a shit. You're just going to miss out on the career that you ultimately could have had if you felt more confident presenting in front of people, standing up in front of people. 
and this is the most horrible one to look at, but if you let yourself go completely for work, for family, whatever, and whatever Miss Sexy Sue comes along, talks to your husband who hasn't let herself go, hopefully nothing happens. Like, I wouldn't want anything to happen, but it's gonna be much more tempting because again, you haven't put in the time because you've let your excuses get so much bigger than doing what you know you need to do. So do yourself a favor, do, do your family a favor, and don't let your excuses stop you looking after yourself. Because if your excuses get bigger than everything else, then you'll ultimately never change. And I think everyone has a time where, maybe it's now, you go, shit, I've got to change. And if you don't have that, then you need to look even more carefully at the cost. I think that's always the key. If you look at the cost of not doing what you know you need to do and realize actually it's much worse than you thought it was, then it becomes acceptable to say no to people. Then it becomes easier to block social media on your phone, delete it entirely. Like our clients that are succeeding, some of them are really, really impressive. Like Ben, today I was talking to Georgiana, one of our Unstoppable 3 graduates. Mm -hmm. She came on, came on Facebook just so she could do, be in part of our Unstoppable group on Facebook. That's now come to an end. She's happy to go alone. She's feeling confident to go alone. She's in incredible shape. She looked amazing at her wedding. Uh, maybe some of you guys have seen the pictures. And she's deleted Facebook again. She said, it's not getting me what I want. So she had no qualms about it. She, no she now knows it wasn't getting her what I want. She realizes excuses are not valid, so just delete Facebook. And most people are like, oh, how could you do that? But they're also like, oh, how does she look so incredible? How does she look so lean? How does she look at 37, 38, I think, maybe 39? How does she look like a 21-year-old? Because she's prepared to do this, and most people are not. And it's not that difficult, <laughs> pressing the delete button on something. So, but, yeah, drop the excuses. That's basically it, uh, the point of my rant. I think the reason it's hard to drop the excuses is the way that the way the brain works. It's kind of like, you are this one, you are a certain way now yeah. and your part of your brain kind of like your ego wants to protect the way you are now so the thing that that's protecting the way you are now is your excuses having those excuses protects you from feeling like you like you're a failure if you have those yeah. excuses you don't have to say like i'm just lazy and i failed whereas if if you can get to the point where you can drop the excuses the only thing left is i'm lazy and I failed. So you need to be mentally strong to be able to deal with that. I mean, like, I've been lazy the last 10 years. I failed the last 10 years. However, that's not, that's okay. That's fine. You just forgive yourself for all of that, which is hard. And then you must decide, okay, and going forward, this person that I was, the old Ben, who didn't go to the gym at all. I mean, this isn't true. I've always gone to the gym. But the, old, <laughs> the old Ben who didn't go to the gym at all and ate only uh well my first year of uni diet was pretty bad ate fish finger sandwiches burgers chocolate bars pizza and chips that old man who did that and failed is dead that guy served his purpose he got me to this point now um but now he's dead and now we're going to create this new guy who goes to the gym four times a week i'm willing to put these things into my schedule and accept that it's going to be hard it's not going to be difficult it's not going to be easy i mean it's not going to be plain sailing I'm willing to not be good at it and to suck for the first few months, but that old guy has to die and this new person is now going to exist. So to get to that point though, your ego is going to be screaming out like, no, we, I don't want to change the status quo. I don't want to change the person I am completely because there, there's a part of your brain that wants to keep, keep the person that you are alive. Unfortunately, to succeed, that person's going to have to die. 
So one of the things we do in our events, which works very, very well, it's worked for me and Rob in events, it's worked for our clients in events. One of the things that happens in events is we, we put people through very tough physical challenges. And we've been through the same, similar kind of tough physical challenges, me and Rob, in, in the past. And what this does is it, it helps you to kind of break the ego down. When you put yourself in a situation where you're completely exhausted, you're pushed beyond your limits, you kind of drop that ego and then you get into a, a state where you're willing to start creating a new version of yourself. You allow that old version of yourself to die away, the one that hasn't got you what you want. You start asking yourself some serious questions like, what do I want? What, what do I actually want my life to look like? Where am I? What have I been doing for the past five years? How is that? Where has that got me to? Which parts of this have not been working for me? What would I need to change? What would I need to do to get what I really, really want 12 months from now or six months from now or three months from now? And then it's just a, a case of uh, this kind of cause, what you what I call cause and effect. So I was on a, a training webinar the other day in one of the courses I'm in. Uh, my mentor was talking about cause and effect. So every goal or everything you want to achieve comes down to two things. Let me get the whiteboard on again. So this first thing is, is a cause. No, the next thing, first thing is like an effect. I'm gonna do it the wrong way around. So we've got effect is the first thing. So it might be uh, drop two dress sizes. You feel really confident. You feel really happy. You're really pleased with yourself. You're happy with your body. Um, everyone's giving you tons of compliments. You feel amazing in your clothes. You start loving shopping for clothes again. Holidays become fun. Your sex life is reignited. You're setting a great example for your kids and they start doing all these sporty activities because you are as well, because you're now fit and healthy. And then there's a cause that gets you to that effect, which may be you need to do three or four workouts a week. You need to spend three or four hours a week working out. And you're gonna to have to figure out how to fit that in. Cutting out the Netflix, cutting out the Instagram, finding childcare, whatever it is. If you want that effect, you're gonna to have to figure out what's gonna cause that effect. So it's as simple as that. It's figuring out where you wanna go, what you really want about want in your life, and then figuring out the steps you want to take to get there. And then being willing to change the behaviors and change the way you've been acting, schedule those things into your calendar and do them. And I know I make that sound easy. The reality is there are like a ton of horrendous, difficult mental bar mental blocks and mental barriers that will be in your way from 20 or 30 or more years of being in bad patterns, beating yourself up, trying and failing with diets and things that are not designed um, for women who have such a busy life that you do, people who really want to achieve and uh, have a high standard in all areas of life. Um, and that can create a lot of different negative beliefs and mental patterns which will hold us back. Beliefs like, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, I can't do it, I should be better at this, um, it won't work for me, it's different for me, I don't have time. All of these beliefs and things get, get stuck in your head and it's just a case of creating the plan overcoming the beliefs which stop you from doing the the cause which which creates the effects and then there you go as soon as you shift who you are shift your beliefs shift your mindset all of it becomes plain sailing and i can go through that in in 20 seconds on a podcast reality is it's a little bit more difficult from, than that but when you have the right help when you have the right guidance it's it's not that Hard. It probably took me, I don't know, two years to kind of figure out all this stuff, figure out, get through all my own mental mental blocks, mental barriers, uh, mental bullshit, investing in loads and loads of courses, reading books, going through tough experiences, um, 
sabotaging numerous relationships, uh, trying and failing and not succeeding and then continuing to go again and again and again. It was a struggle, but when you have the right formula, the right system, the right step-by-step process, it can be quite, it's not as difficult as it sounds. Yeah, and this is what we teach in our in our new F3 Fast Track. So if you are interested in this and you can't quite figure out how to put it into action, some of you I'm sure will figure, kind of hear this and start taking action. But for some of you, it still may sound a bit daunting, a bit confusing. We do have spaces on our next F3 Fast Track starting in November. So if you want to find out more about that, where do you go, Ben? You go to Trinity Transformation. Hang on. You can bring it up in your web browser if you want. Oh yeah, good idea. Let me uh, get my web browser going. Hang on, hang on. We have a whole free training on this as well. So Ben will show you where you can get this free training on if you go to trinitytransformation.co.uk forward slash replay is the web address. It's not going to work on this browser. I need to go on a incognito window. I don't know why it doesn't work on this. Uh, give me a sec. <laughs> uh, problems. There we go. There's a free training on there. You can see my uh, lovely face here. It's in Rob's apartment, in fact. There's an hour and 20 minute training on the F3 formula on everything I've told you about. So overcoming those beliefs, um, the freedom finder exercise, so how you can kind of start reprioritizing your life, how to deal with the stress of changing and shifting the way that you currently live. And then a little bit more information about how the program works, which is called the F3 Fast Track. And if you think that's a fit for you, you think that's gonna help you out. This is designed specifically for women who have busy careers, who have a lot of responsibilities, very little time and high stress. And it's designed to help women like that to um, kind of reprioritize their life, bring everything into balance, reduce their stress levels, start taking more free time for themselves, start experiencing more connection and intimacy in their relationships, um, not sacrifice any anything in their career, and also get fit and healthy at the same time. It is a program which is designed specifically for that woman. If that sounds like you, if any, any of this is resonating with you, I'd recommend checking out that free training. So trinitytransformation.co.uk forward slash replay. And that's basically got all the details, everything you need in there. Yeah, there should be a button above or below this video where we upload it or above or below this podcast, unless you're on iTunes, in which case you need to go to trinitytransformation.co.uk forward slash replay. So that almost brings us to the end of today's Trinity podcast. But before you go, we have some important information for you. Number one, if you're currently not subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher to the Trinity podcast, click that subscribe button and get yourself subscribed so you're first to hear when new episodes go live. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending them your way. And number three, last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, first of all, do the things we talk about here. And secondly, you don't pay us to do this. So instead we ask you simply to share this show with one person you think it could help today. It's only fair. This is Rob Burkhead and this has been the Trinity Podcast. We'll see you on the next one.